When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the 3-0-Take, where we talk all things Major League Baseball. Here's Kyle Corwin and Nate Reyes. It all starts right now. Welcome back to the 3-0-Take, presented by Big League Chew. This is episode 294. I'll be your host, and I'm here with my co-hosts, Nate Reyes, and special guest, Ryan Ripkin. Ryan, welcome to the show. Kyle Nate, what an honor! What a what a pleasure! I, I've been waiting to uh, hopefully get the opportunity to come on with you guys. Love your stuff. This is this is a treat. I can't wait to talk some ball with you guys. Mm. You so, already sound good, Ryan. You're it, already there. It man. Sounds we've like been, an industry pro. Yeah. We, we've been working. Well, we've been working with this mic setup for quite some time. So I hope it sounds pretty good. <laughs> but little little do people know that we've been on this for 16 hours trying to get <laughs> 16 hours straight. Haven't slept in in two days trying to get this setup going. Uh, but Ryan, give the people a little little background on on who you are, your your story with ball, this and that. Just let them know. Let them know what you got going. Yeah, so just a little background with me, short and sweet. Uh, I played professional baseball for eight years. Started with my career with the Washington Nationals and finished with the Baltimore Orioles. And I'm now coming to the end of my career and moving to the next step of life, you know, and, and it comes to an end. You know, it'd be great to play in the bigs and be there for 10, 15, 20 years, but it's not always in the cards. So I'm excited about the next opportunity. And if people are wondering what the last name I am related to Bill, so just wanted to get that out of the way, and we can we can move on from that. But but more importantly, the Wikipedia searches are just going ham right now. Yes. Just Bill. They say, wait a minute, yes. wait, just Bill. Yes, well, that's the thing I get a lot. Is I thought it'd be the other one that some people might know, but instead they'll I'll always get the question when I played. He goes, "Oh, you must be Bill's kid," and I go, "That's." Not correct, sure. but you know, <laughs> but I do know him. But but anyway, more importantly, like I said, I'm just stoked to talk some ball because there is a lot been happening recently. So uh, I can't wait to dive into some some nice topics with you guys. Yeah, we couldn't have. I mean, I can't even call it a coincidence. I think this was just it was meant to be. We we get you on here. Stars aligned. The t- the one episode, uh, probably the first episode this year, Nate. I think that we've planned on talking about the Orioles at length because yeah. they're the hottest team in baseball right now. Um, but before we do that, we've got some, uh, I, I think we episode, we mentioned last episode, Nate, that we're going to get into the voicemails and we have a few that we're going to run through. Uh, conveniently, I think the Orioles do get mentioned in, in one or two of these, but we'll run through these um, and we will, how do you want to do this, Nate? You just want to just want to play it out and then just chat about it afterwards. We got three. Yeah, yeah, I think I think maybe we just respond to each one. This is kind of new, so we're just dipping our toes in it. But I think, you know, for for you listeners, I mean, the, the chasers, this is going to be a regular thing. So if you want your opinion heard, you, you want to be out in the world out there, like, let's go. Let's get it. Call us up. 
leave us a message and i think we just we run with this and yeah it's gonna be fun hopefully let me me double check here i think i put it up last night yeah so the voicemail number is in the instagram bio now officially bingo if you need a if you need a reference point hit up the instagram bio and uh leave us voicemail all right, let's play this first one, and we'll get our thoughts. I I honestly can't even remember what the topics are. So, I mean, like we said, it's going to be anything and everything. So let's just uh, let's see what we got here. Hey, Nate and Kyle, this is John, owner of the Joe Blue Drum, baseball team, and I'm calling to see if you guys think the Orioles are going to play spoiler for anyone in the AL East this year. They're currently six games back of a wild card spot and six games back of the Blue Jays in the standings. Do the Orioles play spoiler and knock out the chance of four teams in the AL East making the playoffs this year? Uh, don't go chasing curveballs, okay? And hopefully this makes the show. Can't wait to hear the new episode. Out. Bye. All right, so for those who maybe didn't catch that, he was wondering if the Orioles would play spoiler, and I believe he actually sent this like as we were recording last episode. So at the time, I think the Orioles were six back. Love it. Even since then, they've closed the gap to what? Yeah, two. They're two games back for that last wild card spot. Two games back. So, I mean, let's hear your thoughts. I'll, I'll start by saying, look, the truth is playing spoiler not just for AL East teams. Right. If we're talking wild card contention, which is probably I mean, with, you know, with the lead that the Yankees have, it's most of the AL East teams are going to be fighting for those wild card spots. But I'm going to say not just spoiler for the Blue Jays, the Rays, the Red Sox. We're talking about playing block to the Guardians, to the White Sox. Um, I mean, the Rangers has started to turn it on a little bit lately. So I think that they are playing very competitive baseball. And as much as I think we want to see it, especially us three specifically, I, I'm curious to see how this plays out because four teams from the AL East, you know, that's a lot. That's a lot going on. So I don't know if we want that in the postseason. And I'd, I'd like to think that the Orioles can kind of, you know, beat up on the Blue Jays or maybe the Rays a little bit and let a, maybe a central team sneak in. I don't know. Do you think we can call Major League Baseball and see if they'll make an admission to allow five teams from the American League East? Oh, if don't, the, if, don't turn uh, this don't turn this way on me. If the Orioles, <laughs> no, don't just, not, the good just for this, not just long a special, time. yeah, not, <laughs> not not long term moving forward. Just just I mean, if if the O's can finish above five hundred, let's let's just let's get them. Yeah, it's, it's it's better for baseball. Well, I'm gonna go on a different route with this whole thing, right? And. Obviously, we know that the top hitters in the American League East. There's no secret about what the Yankees are doing, and and the Red Sox have been on a tear. And I know right now the Rays and Blue Jays faltered recently, but for, if I'm the Orioles right now, you're believing in that you're not even trying to play spoiler. You're right back in the thick of it, which is something that they have not had a conversation with or sniffed the possibility. And so I'm not going to say sit here and. And, and make the declaration the Orioles are going to get to the playoffs. But what I'm saying is the Orioles could be a team that could just do damage, whether it's the team's postseason hopes, whether it's also if who knows, this is the point we're talking about, right? We're almost at the all-star break, right? And how many games out were they, Nate? 
two. There's two, two out from the second wild, or the third wild card spot. There's two. No one thought that the Orioles would be in this position right now. But and not to what? mention, not to mention, the Blue Jays are one and nine in their last ten. So yeah, there we go. And so you think at some point, you know, the hot streak for the O's will end? But as we all know, two things are super contagious: winning and losing. And right now, the Orioles are super contagious with the win bug. They believe in themselves. They believe in winning close games. So they are no longer this punching bag. And right now, no one wants to play a hot team. I don't care who's on your roster if it's not the big name, guys. The Orioles are a team, and we we talked about earlier off it, they're they're pesky. So Mm -hmm. I, I cannot wait to see the second half. But no longer can a team look on the schedule and go, oh, wait, we're, we're playing the Orioles. Oh, that should be an easy series win. Right, right. And that, that's that been the case for a while now. Like, it's not just some recent hot streak that they've hit where it's like, yeah. oh, we got to play the Orioles. You pretty much look at any point this season, and even if they haven't been winning games, they've been, they've been giving you a run for their money. And yeah. they, like we said, have been one of the pestiest teams. I even put out a tweet. I feel like it was weeks ago at this point. But I'm like, if there was an award for pestiest team in baseball, the mm-hmm. Orioles are taking that award. Like, mm-hmm. there's no question in my mind. And they're embracing and, it. They're embracing yeah. that. And they I mean they were talking to uh I think they were interviewing uh Mancini after the game on Sunday after the the sweep of the Angels which we'll get into a little bit more in depth but he was basically just saying, "Look, I've been I've been waiting for a, a week like this for a long time, pretty much like my entire career." And he's just like we're just having fun with it. Like I don't think he's trying to get too high, he's not trying to get too low. They're just they're just enjoying the state of Baltimore Orioles baseball right now, and I I think it's showing, and I think like you said, it's contagious throughout that whole organization. Yeah, yeah, I would agree. You want to get into voicemail number two? Yeah, let's get let's it. Let's do it. All what right, let's get it. So you guys always talk about uh, a spending floor for teams, and I completely agree because I'm really tired of teams, you know, putting twenty to forty wins a season. Um, I also think that there should be a spending cap to keep all teams within like a two to three hundred million dollars spending range, which is still a lot of money to play with, but I think it balance the playing field a little bit. Just a thought. Would like to hear what you guys think. Brian, you want to start it? Let me let me see let me see what a yeah, player's yeah. I'll lead perspective is here. Yeah, yeah, I'll lead this off. It, it's definitely a hot topic, right? And it's an uphill battle for a lot of the smaller market teams that compete with the bigger market. I might be starting to answer this question in reverse because I think it was about, correct me, it was about uh, having a minimum spending mm-hmm. floor, right? Yeah. So that was also kind of part of what the union was fighting for is for the players to have an increase and more stability for all players to, to, to make their income. And also from a team standpoint, you want to be more competitive. Now, it, it, in reality, it would be nice to have a cap. Do I ever see it getting to that point? Because I don't know, because the big markets, let's just face it, the big markets are important to the game. Mm-hmm. And when the, when the two New York teams are playing well and L.A. is also in the mix, it's good for baseball. Boston, same thing. It's good for baseball. So I think it's going to continue to be a battle. But mm-hmm. I, it, it would be great in an ideal sense to see, well, hey, hey guys, let's, let's all follow these parameters. Mm-hmm. I just think that 
it's it's going to be as we've seen with the process through the years it's not going to be a quick fix unfortunately yeah i mean the way i see it is that i kind of think of like march madness type mentality right mm-hmm. and when you talk about like your your typical final four you're going to have at least two or three of like the the dukes the uncs right like the big schools that arguably have the pick of the litter when it comes to recruiting right it's, it feels like they don't have to do a lot of work. They naturally attract those those level of, of high school athletes, right? Mm-hmm. And so when you have those big Goliath stories, I think it's important to have the David stories as well. And I think that's what this balance creates. Now, as far as the floor goes, 100% agree. I would probably say somewhere between that 50 to 75 million for my minimum. I, I think that's a, a normal amount. But if we're going to go with a cap, the problem is, is that as these players, you know, demands increase, we're talking about Soto getting over 400 million soon. It's a good point. I think it's just a matter of time, right? We're talking about needing to meet that level of expectation because that's the type of energy they're providing. That's the type of, of attention <laughs> overall, yeah. just attention that they're going to provide, right? They're going to put butts in seats. They're going to be performing. They're going to be a perennial all-star. They're going to be the cornerstone of your franchise. If you don't feel like you can sign him, that's a problem. But if you have no floor, you're talking about 16, 17, 18 teams that you know are just absolutely not even going to put a bid in for that guy. That's a problem with baseball. That's an issue. I think there still can be a top and bottom. I don't think everybody needs to be spending the same amount. I don't, and that doesn't work. I think you're exactly right. You got to have the big Goliath giants in baseball for those big market teams, but the small market teams need to stop acting so small. I'm, I don't know. I've gone back and forth on this. I think my emphasis is more so placed on having a floor because look, the reality of it is, is I think the, the purpose of a cap in simplest terms is to make baseball more fair. Like you were saying to have maybe more teams being able to place bids on, on these big names. But Mm -hmm. the reality of it is, is that's just not how the world works. That's not how business works. Like things are just going to naturally inherently be unfair. Right. And so to try to start legislating that in uh, through a variety of different ways, whether it be a cap or, or this or that, I don't know. I don't know if that's, too too tall of a task to to undertake as a league. I I don't know. I don't know if that would be better for the game. People may feel one way or another about it. But for me, it's just about kicking these teams in the butt who just aren't spending to just be like at the at the bare minimum, you need mm-hmm. to you need to at least sign a check for this much. Well, I think that we're starting to we're starting to get feedback on what these teams are pulling in revenue wise. Right, it's definitely we're come seeing out more. how much. Yeah, those small market teams are pulling in money. And they're acting like they're not. They're acting like they're breaking even, and that's an issue. And you're hearing about these guys, these millionaire, billionaire guys that are trying to make bids for these teams, but something happen, like something happens with this or that, and they're not able to do it. But it's like if if these weren't profitable ventures, as as some of these current owners are there making it bids, out to be, yeah. there wouldn't be people interested in owning a major league baseball team. So oh, yeah. I'm not, I'm not buying it's, it. It's philosophy based too. If you think about it, like Steve Cohen comes in and it's New York, but he's going, Hey, I, we want to win. We want to go out and get some guys. So they, you know, they, they broke the bank for Scherzer. 
But then on the other flip side, and it's possible, but Tampa Bay made the decision that they are not going to spend a lot. And when their players got to the right value, they shipped them away. And it's mm-hmm. worked for them. But to do that, you have it's hard to emulate. If every small market team could do what Tampa Bay is doing, they would. Like mm-hmm. ev- If every team could do that, they would. But the problem is it's hard. It's hard mm-hmm. to do that. And for players, though, I do understand that you want to feel valued, right? And I think that's another part that comes into this is that the value of the player and and baseball is a business. And Kyle, like you said, it and people and it's sometimes hard to remove yourself in that scenario because it is you are making decisions that you're trying to think. But should there be should should players get paid what they deserve? Absolutely. Should there be a floor? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. But it's going to be a continuing battle. You know, I'm curious what it will yeah. look like in the next 10 years. You're right. Like, are the contracts going to keep soaring or are we going to hit a plateau yeah. of is Soto going to reach that limit? Like, are we ever going to see a player get above, you know, $450 yeah. million for a contract? Well, and, and my last thing on this, and I think that's what this last labor agreement has, has shown, is that that increase year by year, right, with that tax luxury threat, luxury mm-hmm. tax threshold. It allows expansion. It allows growth because they know that these players' salaries are going to get higher. And that's an amazing thing. And we're going to continue to see that grow. But you're watching, I don't know, 75% of the league say, I don't want to mess with that tax. I'm not interested in that tax. And then you're seeing the other team saying, whatever, it's no big deal. It's worth it if we get a ring or if it's worth it if we make multiple postseason appearances, right? So I think that tax is, a, is is providing enough fear to where we don't need a cap. Let's, uh, fair. let's go. That's fair. That's fair. fair. Let's go to voicemail number three. All right. Hello, guys. This is Josh, also Stevie Wonder's umpire school in the fantasy league. Uh, <laughs> mine is a combination of a question and a rant. My question is, do you guys think any of these teams will get better and win the World Series by 2030? The teams are Reds, Athletics, Rangers, Tigers, Royals, Diamondbacks, Rockies, and Orioles. That's almost a third of Major League Baseball. All these teams suck, (laughs) to be honest. The future looks promising, but right now it, it is a rough time for those fans. Again, Reds, Athletics. Rangers, Tigers, Royals, Diamondbacks, Rockies, Orioles. It is tough. So will anyone win by 2030? And also for fun, out of those teams, who will be the first to win a World Series of those teams? Have a good one. The audacity, first of all, to say that the (laughs) Orioles suck. 19 of their last 28. And to answer his question, are they going to win the World Series by 2030? Let's just go ahead and chalk up the O's as the 2022 World Series champ. So we can get we can, we can yeah we can get them out of this conversation. They're not they're not part of this. Uh, well, yeah, you're as good as your last game, and the Orioles have been the best team in baseball for the last eight games. So if we're going to point that, uh, Kyle, I mean, eight teams, it's it's got to be possible, right? You see one of those teams. Besides the Orioles? By 2030 to win a World Series. So eight years. We got eight eight years. I, 20- I, I will say this. I was excited to see what the Rangers did this offseason. And I yeah. know, Nate, you and I talked about this when, when those moves went down with Seager and Semyon and, and so on and so forth. But look, we just got done talking about it. 
as a as an organization, as a fan of an organization, you can't be disappointed when your when your ownership decides that their philosophy now is that we're going to spend money and we're going to try to go get these guys. If they perform, mm-hmm. if they don't perform, that's another conversation. But at the very least, if they're putting the pieces out on the field to at least give you a chance, you mm-hmm. can't you can't be all that upset about it. And I think although the Rangers, like we. Like we talked about, they've been they're three and seven in the last ten. So as of late, haven't been playing great. But I mean, they're they're four games back of the wild card spot of that third wild card spot. I think even with that, I think maybe we had a little bit higher of expectations in terms of where they're at versus where we thought they'd be. I don't know. It, it's flip of the coin, really. Um, but a team that I, I would say that I. I was probably a little more excited about, not necessarily because of how much they were spending or any real splashes they made was the Tigers, just in Mm -hmm. terms of where they're at organizationally. Like I Mm -hmm. thought they may make some noise in the central this year. And unfortunately that it hasn't panned out that way, but yeah, I mean, I, I I would, for me, I would say maybe one of those two by 2030. I think I got to look at, uh, and and the important thing is to, is to, pay attention to the windows of your competitors in those respective divisions. Right. And as, as dominant as the Astros have been in the last, I don't know, eight year span where they've developed and grown and created a core. And now we're starting to see those core pieces even leave and and succeed elsewhere. I I think the Rangers can recognize the fact that they have, you know, when you take care of the, I'm a strong believer when you take care of the middle of the field, Right when we're talking catcher, middle infielders, and your center fielder, and maybe a stud ace, when we take care of the middle of the field, the the rest of it just kind of fills in those spots and fills in those gaps. And the Rangers have solidified who that's going to be for two of those positions. Not to mention Jack Leiter's soaring. I'm assuming within the next few years and, and going to be leading that that staff. So now it's just it's just filling in those gaps. And I do think the Rangers, in my mind, this is this is the first step of many of what they did in this past offseason. And if you're gonna think that John Gray was their like big move to help this rotation, that's just not the case. They're gonna do more. They're gonna continue to build around Corey Seeger and Trevor Simeon or uh, Marcus Simeon. Sorry, Broncos fan. <laughs> Trevor Simeon. Uh if we're talking Marcus Simeon and, and Corey Seeger up the middle. It's there's going to be more moves to be made, and I think you're going to see that window get a little bit smaller, and it's going to get a little bit more competitive for the Astros soon. And same thing with like kind of like the Mariners, you know that that division is going to get better over the next few years. But I'm with you on the Tigers. I'm a little I don't know about Javi Baez now, and I like AJ Hinch. I like the the type of manager he is, but there's this weird kind of lack of leadership once Miggy leaves. That's what I see with the Tigers. Yeah, the, the piggyback with your ass thoughts there with the Tigers, it felt like it was going to be the that blend was coming together, right? The, the Tigers had these high picks. They had some some good selections. Like, their, their pitching rotations, I remember, I think it was AA and 19, their, their staff had three or four or maybe even more first-round picks on it. And you're going, wow, these – you could see it like Casey Mize is the the talents there for these guys. Mm-hmm. 
but it didn't come together this year after. And that's probably that goes into like the last voicemail about, you know, spending money. Is it going to, is it going to pan out right now? Not as much. So it's a little bit behind, but you bring up a good point, Nate, about the divisions and the window and eight Mm -hmm. years is a long time, right? You know, like people were talking about, since we just were talking about with the Orioles, when they decided they were going to rebuild, there was a certain time frame. They were saying, we're hoping to be competitive by, you know, this year, whether it's, you know, it's 2023. Let's just say it's 2023. Other teams can still have that, but also history shows the American League East is going to continue to be tough. Mm -hmm. The Diamondbacks, it still adds a tough division. The Giants are a very well-run organization. They're finding ways to get great value out of players. And then you have, the, mm-hmm. obviously, the Padres and Dodgers. So it's going to be a challenge for one of the teams. I would say, the I'd probably say the Rangers is, is going to be an interesting one because I think the AL West, we're not sure what's going to happen. Is Houston mm-hmm. going to continue to dominate over the next few right. years? Or is there going to be a changing of the guard? Right. Eventually. And the Rangers are looking to position position themselves to take that step, whether it's fin- figuring it out the rest of this year or down the road. So and then, you know, the the Orioles, um, I think, have a very, very just from talking about talent wise. I thought the Orioles and Tigers had a lot of talent coming up. Mm-hmm. But again, it's going to be. Dependent on those other windows and the other teams, yeah. right? And, and it, it depends on those other teams. And also, too, let's just be honest with, with this as well. When you're in a rebuild, you hope that these that, that your guys that you want to solidify become who you want them to become, right? So mm-hmm. they might be a top prospects, and they have all the talent in the world, but if, if they don't turn into what you were hoping them to turn into, then you have to reevaluate. Mm-hmm. And so that's that's different than you say a, a top market team going and get like a few years ago and Garrett Cole like hey I'm a, I know what he is I'm gonna go spend mm-hmm. my money on him mm-hmm. you're taking a risk on your guys which mm-hmm. is great but it comes with um, the uncertainty mm-hmm. I like it can we bring solid. it back? that that was solid a, a nice debut for the the voicemail section yeah uh, but can we can we just for a few minutes here, dig a little deeper into what the Orioles have been doing. I'm am d- sorry, I'm just excited to be able to talk about the Orioles because I feel like we never get too. the opportunity. I know. And like we were saying, because of like where I'm at location wise, I'm not able to catch the Orioles games because um, mm-hmm. like we cut cable. And so really, the only O's games I'm able to get right now are the national broadcast, and they were on they were on Peacock uh, Sunday. Yeah, yesterday. And I thoroughly enjoyed it. Like I didn't have a, I didn't have a dog in the fight. They're playing the Angels, who we all at this point oh, safe to oh. say we all know my my, my thoughts Wolf. and feelings on the Angels, most fraudulent organization in baseball. Uh, been saying it since March. In case in case you forgot, um, but I like I just thoroughly enjoyed watching that game. I was like I don't, I, I mean I'd love to see the O's pull this off, but I I couldn't care. And it was just an enjoyable baseball game, like fundamental baseball, the O's were playing. And it was, it was just really fun to watch. And as we mentioned, that's eight straight for them. That's 19 of their last 28. And this is their longest unbeaten streak since 2005, which let me just uh, some, some names from that, from that team. Oh yeah. I want to hear this. We forgot. We got Miguel Tejada, Rafael Palmero, Sammy Sosa, Javi Lopez, just to name a few. 
Javi. So it's been a minute. Loved Javi. It's been a minute. Yeah, it's been it's been 17 long years. I don't know how many minutes are in 17 years, but that... Uh, <laughs> M- many minutes. Many minutes. Many, many minutes. You know, it, it's it's great, right? And we, we talked about great having you know the, the 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 big hitters but man isn't it great stories to see teams that you felt were were uh non-existent or that weren't don't get any attention they're not talked about if you feel like they're just they've been in the dark for so long and mm-hmm. here they are the Orioles are getting on a national audience like it's, that's amazing you know I'm yeah. I'm pumped about it I mean yeah they're finding a way the thing that was cool to see from the weekend, little note here, shout out to Nathan Ruiz on Twitter. He said, he tweeted yesterday, with an announced crowd of 32,286, this is the first time the Orioles have drawn 25,000 fans to Camden Yards in consecutive games. Wow. This is the key, where the opponent was neither the Yankees nor the Red Sox since May 2018. So that mm. tells you That's incredible. What, that tells you about a, a little dose of the magic that they've got going on in Baltimore right now. Well, uh, first off, uh, we've made it known, Kyle and I have absolutely made it known, that Camden Yards is one of the most beautiful ballparks in the game. And it's not close. There's so many features and so many different things that that they're starting to, and I I read something that they're going to be investing quite a bit of money around the stadium over the next few years as well to create some more buzz um, in in Baltimore. So I, I think that, but I'm also curious to see how they navigate the next few weeks. Um, and I'm curious to see, because I, I want the front office to still be smart and realistic. And I want them, if, if they can sell high on certain pieces and get something in return to continue to add to this momentum that they're building with this younger, you know, this younger core, um, Specifically, as much as it may hurt the clubhouse and, and culture and leadership, mm-hmm. I think Trey Mancini can succeed elsewhere. And I think Trey Mancini can immediately help a contender right now. And I think the Orioles need to be realistic and look at that and say, we can go get maybe a top 10 prospect for this and really turn this around and sell high at the right po- point in the season for a guy that can play solid first base, can play solid outfield, and can hit three through six in your lineup with pretty much any lineup in the league, I think that would be really smart. And I think they need to decide who those pieces are going to be and who is going to stick around. And I want them to continue to ride this wave so their window goes more and more open over the next few years. I'm with Mancini. We thought over the last few years he was a hot topic or trade, trade bait. You know, and I wonder now, Trey is beloved in Baltimore, yeah. and rightfully so. He is. That's what I'm curious about. He, How is Trey, it? Is it, Trey does it shake is, the rock the boat too much? You know, and, and that's what I'd be curious about too. There's two things. One, uh, Trey is an, an unbelievable person. Not not just a baseball player person. He is a. If 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 you spend a little bit of time with him or a lot of time with him, he is the same guy. And I've even spent a ton of time with him just through through interactions here and there. But he has such a great reputation. And now that the team's coming out of it, you wonder, would he be allowed to possibly see this through? But you're right. Business-wise, would it be valuable to send him elsewhere? And also, if the team, say, you know, 
does not continue on its winning ways and they have to sell more, I would love to see Trey get an opportunity to go to a contender mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and have a chance at a uh, at a World Series title because mm-hmm. he deserves it. But so that, that that's going to be interesting because the dynamics in Baltimore have changed significantly in the last year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean it's just there's so many pieces that are that are crushing it right now, and you can sell high on Jorge Lopez, get him, True. get some get some return there because another, yeah. another, another another great story too. I mean it's it's. And he he's been shoving. He has been lights out. Uh, it, it's exciting, honestly. I just I, I, I smile with it, not because just with any past experience I have with the Orioles, but again, I don't remember ever talking about the Orioles this long for yeah, years, like this deep into the like, season. Like we're we're almost right. at the All Star break. It, it's not like they came out and no, they're they're ten and four. You know, it's hey, you're you're right at, at the midway point and yeah, and and hanging tough. They're so. one win away from every American League East team being 500 or better. Yeah. So yeah. let's just go ahead and say right now, this puts to sleep. I mean, didn't really have much life to begin with, but Dave Roberts comments a number of weeks back saying that the NL, come on, Dave, come on. Yeah. Respectfully disagree, Mr. Roberts. Like, uh, what? what are we doing? Well, every team, a win away from every team being a 500 or better. That, that, the, the conversation ends there. I'm sorry. Yeah, I don't care I what the O's do the rest of the way. The conversation ends there. Thousand percent agree there. Ryan, let me ask you this, because we look at the expendable pieces and we look at there's not enough positions for these guys. Santander, Austin Hayes, Trey Mancini, Cedric Mullins, Ryan Mountcastle. You, I don't think you can hold on to all five moving forward. Right. When we're talking yep. about first base slash corner outfield positions. Seti Mullins isn't going anywhere. I He's think. not going anywhere. Mountcastle is yeah. not going anywhere. Either. I love Mountcastle. I Ma- love Mountcastle. Mountcastle. And I think Mountie he's going to take, I think he takes that over from Trey Mancini. And I, I do think Trey Mancini is one of those guys. And I think if the right price, because you have Ryan McKenna, who's looking pretty decent too. I think if you have the right price for Santander, a lefty bat with some pop, there's no doubt that the Orioles will make moves and they'll have to make some decisions. And it, it's, it, it's an, it's not a, if it's a when, mm-hmm. right. It's going to happen because you're right. It, it, you can't expect to hold on to all these pieces, but what you talked about earlier with the Rangers getting the pieces. So what are the Orioles trying to do right now? They've established that they have a center fielder that mm-hmm. can be an offensive threat, but more importantly, he can cover a lot of ground in the outfield and make an impact mm-hmm. in the game that way. And then you have Adley Rutschman now coming up, which can dive into that a little bit. So you have two pieces now, and now you're looking to solidify maybe more of the middle infield. Mm-hmm. So that could be something that they're trying to do. And there are prospects that are coming up too that are really, if you're an Orioles fan, it's going to be really exciting to see how how guys like uh, Gunnar Henderson and, and Jordan Westberg continue to rise they're in triple a mm-hmm. right now it, it's gonna it's gonna be a fluid situation but i'll tell you this and this is just about just with the orioles they understand that not all that, that not this this was not expected right now mm-hmm. it was not expected for what they were to, what they were doing was not expected at this moment so it this ever it's a luxury what's going mm-hmm. on right now uh, and, and just I want to throw these stats out because they've been sitting in the back of my mind and I almost forgot about them. The Orioles last year in the AL East, would you guys care to guess their record? 
in the American League. He should play 72 games. Well, I know they steamrolled the they they just steamrolled the Yankees. That, that La- last a, year, last year, they gave him a headache for sure. Last year, what was the Orioles' record in division in 2021? I'm gonna say 30 and 42. That's probably about what I would say. 20 and 56. Ooh, not good. You know what they are right now? 15 and 19. That's a dramatic difference when you have to p- compete yeah. in the American League East, especially also, this year. Mm-hmm. And then also team ERA is below four. Last year they were dead last at five over almost it was 5.85. I think going Ooh. into going yeah. at this point in the season right now. So mm-hmm. things are changing and it was happening a little bit quicker than they hoped, but yeah. Uh, and maybe with Adley coming up, I mean, I want to hear kind of your guys take on so far of, of your impression of, of Adley Rutschman joining the Orioles. They definitely, there's been a jolt since he's joined the team. Well, I don't want to go on too much more about the Orioles, but I'll just keep it quick. Adley Rutschman seems like the guy. Like I, I was why I, I told you I was, I, my eyes were drawn to him during the broadcast the other day, just watching how he handles himself, how he handles the guys on the bump. He just seems like he's already a seasoned veteran, and he's yeah. he just got here, and that's that's a very encouraging sign for an organization as we've just got done talking about, who is for all intents and purposes, heading in the right direction. If, and like Nate said, if you can take care of the center of the field, if and if you can start with Adley, and you can build a buzz around him, and he he does what you are hoping for him to do, you're in a really good spot. So I'm, I'm excited to see what he does. I agree. And I think um, it, he kind of just, he, I feel like he got humbled throughout the minor league and, and, throughout the minor league journey. Right. And he, and he dealt with some injuries and he went from like this, this amazing number one overall pick where you feel like, Oh, he's going to be ready next year. He's going to be ready to step in and just immediately make a change and change his culture of what the Orioles are. And then he kind of hit these obstacles and he hit, you know, some adversity patches and I think it made him mature. And when you see him come up now, do you just see like he's it's, it wasn't just a breeze to get here. You know what I mean? And I think that helps change those high draft pick guys mentality of like, you know, I didn't have an easy path. I had to fight to get here still. And I'm going to make sure I stay. And I, I do think that that is going to be a highly successful mentality. And again, like you said, it's just, it's the middle of the field. And when you start securing those spots, it makes a difference. Let's, uh, let's switch gears here. Uh, let's talk. All things All-Star game. It's been a, a common theme the last few episodes, but uh, the All-Star, complete All-Star rosters just dropped. Uh, we now know who will be starting. We know who some of the reserves are. We know who the uh, who the arms are going to be. But before we do that, Nate. The boys. Big League Chew. Tell us about BLC. Right here. If you're on the YouTube, if you're not yet, what are you doing? We have a much more handsome guy on the on the on the youtube video now so check that out and check out the swag big league chew founded by former left-handed pitcher rob nelson big league chew started from humble beginnings in the portland mavericks bullpen in 1977 for more than 40 years the iconic pouches packed it with shredded flavorful bubble gum has become the number one shredded gum of athletes everywhere big league chew has sold more than 900 million pouches and is designated as the hall of fame bubble gum Grab some gum, head to Big League Chew's social media channels at Big League Chew on Twitter, 
at Big League Chew Gum on Instagram to show off your big league bubbles. You can also find a list of retailers or purchase any of their products directly from their website at BigLeagueChew.com. BLC, Big League Chew, the squad. Big League Chew. Um, so no need to necessarily go through entire rosters. Um, you're, I mean, if, if you're all that interested in seeing every last name, feel free to look them up as we talk about it. But the thing I really want to focus on is the guys who didn't make the squad. As of right now, like, sure, there may be some late additions based on start schedules and this and that, but at the end of the day, snubs are snubs. And, like, in my in my opinion, it, you guys may feel differently, but, like, if I'm a guy that doesn't get in on this first round, but I get added as a last-minute addition because some guy is making a start on Sunday or whatever, it's like, I don't, that doesn't, mm-hmm. it doesn't mean the same to me. Mm-hmm. And a couple guys right off the top for me, Carlos Rodon and yeah. Dylan Cease. Yeah. Like yeah, this wow. just goes back to the fact that the system is broken. That's that's no mystery. But like what are we doing as a sport, as a game when we don't have Carlos Rodon and Dylan Cease? Yeah. In the All-Star game. Well, I I just don't understand people's way of thinking and and i know that i know that the 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 pitchers are selected in a different fashion i i get that Mm -hmm. but as a whole if you don't have the game's best in this game it's not i'm sorry this is no more than a a glorified exhibition like you can't even attach it and nate you and i have talked about this in episodes past you may need to just consider changing the name of the game yeah. because if you if you leave out guys, that's only two. I mean, there, you, we're talking Tommy Edmond, Ty France. There's there's the list goes on and on. If you don't yeah. have guys like that in the All Star game, this isn't an All Star game. We've already talked about it. it's a popularity contest, and you need to address yep. you need to address what you're actually calling this because it's 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 just an exhibition. A hundred percent, a hundred percent. And it, and I think it needs to, and, and Ryan, you can speak to this better than us for sure. I don't think this can be used in, in arbitration court hearings anymore. This cannot be used as any type of negotiation moving forward. And I've got a picture of your dad behind me on my wall. And we're talking 19 all-star game appearances. That means more in that era than it will ever again. It'll never mean that again. And this is an issue because when you look at these rosters, I understand that legend vote that Manfred, you know, was able to get Pujols and Miggy in. I I like that. I think it's cool. Clayton Kershaw should not be an NL All-Star. I get that it's in LA. I understand it, but he should not be an NL All-Star. And that's just one example as to why this is no longer the best guys in the first half of the season. I'm I'm with you, you know, and it's definitely become it. it, it I get I get torn because fans are voting for people. That's the people that they want to see, right? And I completely get it, but also it is it's hard. Like Mike Trout, Mike Trout's healthy. Is she, should he be the starting center fielder in the All-Star game every single year? Absolutely. But you make the, the case of Mike Trout misses 60 games. Mm-hmm. And then you have someone come else or someone else come in. And I think that, you know, you would want to reward the guys for their, you know, incredible season so far. Because yeah. as we can see, it is so hard. 
you know, some guys get a few all like the the, the greats, you know, and, and I'm glad they're all honoring um, and in that sense, uh, Miggy and, and pool host because they, their greatness lasted for, for years. Right. Right. Yeah. But like Dylan cease, isn't he, he, is he, is he at the top in strikeouts or something in the American league? He leads so the Dylan, league in strikeouts and walks, which is like crazy. Well, no, no, no. Shane McClanahan leads the league. Dylan. Cease uh, I think is, last week he was both right up there. Both the, the walks. He, and, he's, he's up there. He's up there. Yeah, so, so it's, Dylan cease ranks second in the AL in strikeouts with 133. Uh, he recorded he he has 133 through 92 innings. Uh, mm-hmm. Someone may need to check my numbers, but I believe that's mm-hmm. the the most recent update. Um, Shane McClanahan has 141, which is eight more strikeouts, but he did it in 104 innings. Yeah, so 12 more innings. They're, they're, regardless, he's dealing, and and mm-hmm. even though the White Sox are not performing as well, he deserves the opportunity. To, to be in the game and same with, and same with Rodon out in, in, in San Francisco, he's got a two seven ERA, I think, or something like that. Well, let me ask you this because I, this is my devil's advocate. This is how I like to play this. When you're looking at the starting staff for the AL, you got Verlander belongs, right? No doubt. Alec Manoa belongs. Martin Perez, a little bit of a slide the last few starts, but belongs. Mm-hmm. Shane McClanahan obviously belongs. Framber Valdez has been great. Paul Blackburn, one of the few bright, you know, points in in uh, Oakland. Garrett Cole, Nestor Cortez, and my questionable one is is Shohei. Does Shohei belong as an All Star starter? And what did I tell you when we were talking? To, when we were making our votes on the finalists before they announced the actual starters, what did I tell you? People thought I was joking, but I said, "Go ahead and chalk up Jordan." as as a as a backup or a reserve or maybe he doesn't even make the all-star game because people are just going to vote Shohei in because he's Shohei why does which is why does Shohei need two positions why is he in here as a DH and a starting pitcher what is that it, it's, it, it's I mean that cool. is what he does yeah but it, like, that's fine but as that, an all-star if that means you're Don missing out like I'm sorry I'm not here for it I agree it's tough but also and again I, I try to look at it from Try, see it from a business standpoint too. Who is the most international player right now? For sure, it's Otani, right? And 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 well deserved. He's the reigning uh, MVP. But him and Trout are t- Trout's arguably possibly going to be a top five generational player, right? He is incredible. Mm-hmm. He's the best guy in baseball when healthy. Otani is the most iconic internationally. Mm-hmm. So it's great for the game. Mm-hmm. to have guys in and that's why it's good having the big names in because people have and maybe also even if, like you're talking about with Clayton Kershaw people are going to have a, a sentiment to these guys that's where the mm-hmm. votes are coming from for years sure. and years not necessarily that it's fair because you're right you're Don Alvarez it's name recognition it's it's name recognition and yeah. recognition and Alvarez though I mean that that guy is he's he he deserved to start absolutely. Yeah, but but the way it's set up, you know, do you? It's it's kind of it's money money talks and and mm-hmm. and what the fans want to see. Yeah, I would I would make the argument that it's a combination of name recognition and also there's an element of recency bias that plays in this. I think because if you look at, I like I, I'm sorry I'm going to bat for Tommy Edmond to make the All Star game oh, ten times out of yeah. ten. He's got to be. If in. You, 
But if you look at his numbers over the last month, and Nate, I think you and I were talking been, about this off been, air. It's not been good. With fantasy, because no. we, we were, I was talking about <laughs> yeah. maybe sending Edmund over to your squad. And then you looked at it, looked at his numbers for the last month, and it's like he's been on a little bit of a side. And he they were they uh, interviewed him after the game. I think it was on Sunday, Sunday afternoon, and he was like, you know, I'm like I'm making steps in the right direction. So even he recognizes that he's been on a little bit of a slide. But if you put together enough of a uh, if you put together a comprehensive effort over the course of the first half of the season, that I, I don't think it should matter how you did in the last two weeks, three weeks. How, like, if the right. numbers are there, like, you're worthy. That's that's just baseball. That's law of averages. There it is. There's right. my favorite term. Law, law, law of, of averages. averages. Like, you, if you start off hot, you shouldn't be punished for that. I I just don't understand. Like, Tommy Edmonds should be in the All-Star game. I'm sorry. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, th- I think it also is, is a different story this year because it is pushed back. You know, we had a late start, and I, I think we're seeing guys that are really, you know, this is deep in dog days at this point. You know, you still got another week of baseball to where these guys are just running on fumes. You know what I mean? And so it's those, it, it does, it does come down to that experience of I've been at this situation in this part of the season before, and I've found a way to break through. And then you got guys like Tommy Edmond that are maybe just now, you know, they've cracked into, Hey, I'm here. I'm worth your time to watch. But at the same time, I need to figure out and gain some experience in these dog days. I think that's why we're seeing some of these guys slide a little bit as well. And I do agree. I, I think that maybe the voting should have been cut off earlier. You know what I mean? Sooner than just a week before because it is a week later or two weeks later. This may be an unpopular take, but after seeing some of the guys that were left off, and maybe maybe I'm a little hurt right now, and this might might be coming on a little strong here. But I'm I'm all for just getting rid of fan voting altogether. Like I I, I, I want to I want to see the best of the best. There's nothing better than seeing literally the game's best players go up against one another in a game like this. But if, if, I'd if, rather have the writers than fans voting. And we all know how we feel about the writers, but like <laughs> that, and that's saying something. If we'd rather yeah. have the 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 writers Facts. voting on, on stuff like this, I just think that's the 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 fan voting has just gotten out of hand. It's it's yeah. unbelievable. It, it, it's tough. I mean, I I will say, you know, this is crazy to think too. Remember, there was a time where the All Star Game was used as deciding home field <laughs> advantage, right. right? And think about that. If that implied today. With all that we're talking about, wouldn't you want the guys that are playing the best for that year on your prospective roster? Like that, yeah. I would like make that. the argument that people <clears throat> still wouldn't care. They'd be like, "I'm, oh, I'm going to no. vote my entire lineup in." Yeah, because they, that, to them, that doesn't mean anything. Because they're like, "Well, the teams are going to play in, in both ballparks when it when it all comes down to it." So, like, I don't really care, but I want to make sure I get my entire lineup in. I don't, I don't. It's which is. A sign, it's a sad sign to to yeah. see the state of of fan voting and the process the the thought process there that exists. It's sad, but it's where we're at. Well, if this is the case, let's just make the let's just make the entire event more fun than serious. You need to completely turn into that skid and change it. Do something different. Rebrand. Do something fun. And and if we get to see some type of test, we've we've mentioned this before. If if uh, it starts to go into extra innings or something like that. Let's just bust out home run derby. Let's just go your best guy against my best guy. Throw an L screen out there and let's finish this thing now. And we get to see some type of different setup with this game. But if we're going to watch the same game 
that we see during a regular season game, it can't be treated like a like a popularity contest. You know, you bringing that up reminds me, the NBA has started to do that, right? Like mm-hmm. they change it was like, oh, first to two hundred points, right? And you're saying yeah. if you're changing it with that, why? Because everyone knows the game doesn't matter. Yep, it doesn't matter. And the only right. thing, the worst thing that could happen in these games is someone get hurt, gets hurt. Right. So it's on. It's in the back of your mind. Like you want to have fun, but it really doesn't matter. So how serious do I want to take it? But if I let down my guard a little bit too much, sometimes you still get hurt with that and way. That's, and that's the most difficult thing about our game is that you can't just you can't roll out Sandy Alcantara and say, hey, hey, dude, uh, we just want you to throw 85 today. Yeah. That's not going to happen. And you're not going to see a hitter just say, all right, I'm going to need you to swing a bat that's eight ounces heavier. And you, you know what I mean? Like, it's not going to happen. They're going to treat that simple thing of a ball getting thrown at a guy with a stick. They're going to treat it the same. They've treated it their entire lives. There's no way to change that. So why? How, how can we get less serious? How can it be that way if the game overall is the same way versus the NBA where, or, you know, the Pro Bowl that they're probably yeah. even going to get rid of? The defense just doesn't even play. It's not even about defense. So yeah, baseball is probably the only major sport you where can't you can't fake it. You can't, you can't dial it back. Like it's no. you, you because other because if if you try to do that, then it's no longer baseball. You're watching yeah. some sort of like weird walkthrough. But like basketball, you can like we just talked about. Like you can dial it back, but you can mm-hmm. still have you can still have the style. You can still have the 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 fundamentals of the game still there, but like you can, you can still dial it back to the, to a point where guys like aren't pushing themselves necessarily right. to, to the point of injury, but baseball, it just doesn't work. Like you can't, it doesn't, there, there's no. no way to dial it back and have and it resemble the sport. And that you're you having and love. managers at this moment, managers at this moment are trying to figure out their rotation because of this game. They're trying to balance it to make sure that some of these guys, if they want an appearance, they get to have an, a, a, an appearance because they weren't just used two days, three days before the, the All-Star game. So if it's affecting the regular season game, I think it has to stay serious. It has to stay worth something. I might give an unpopular opinion just on the whole like All-Star time timeline or time frame. It, it's a great honor to, to be there. The excitement and and to be acknowledged for something you do, it feels good because you earned it. Right. But but honestly, would if players were you're battling and you're trying to win the division and go to the playoffs, they'd prefer would, a break, would, huh? Would you would you want some time off? Yeah. Some guys would be like, No, I want to stay in the in the in the swing of it. But like we were talking about guys maybe that were struggling going into the all star game. Maybe they're like, Hey, mm. I would have loved to reset because yeah. my thoughts are elsewhere. So yep. there's, there's a lot goes into this all-star game weekend or festivities. Yeah. Um, but yeah, definitely, definitely a lot of well-deserving guys that, that uh, are making the trip to LA. Yeah. All things, all things considered, some, something's got to give something's something needs to change. Um, yeah. Speaking of change, the world baseball classic is back. Let's uh, let's dive into that for just a few minutes here. Uh, the World Baseball Classic 2023 is going to open with pool play on March 8th in Taiwan and will end on March 21st in Miami. Uh, just looking at the pools we got here, uh, pool A, we've got Chinese Taipei, Netherlands, Cuba, Italy, and qualifier team number one. So that, I guess there's going to be a qualifier team in each pool. 
which I'm assuming that will be determined at a later date. Uh, pool B, we've got Japan, Korea, Australia, China, qualifier team number two. Pool C, we've got the U.S., Mexico, Colombia, Canada, qualifier team number three. And pool D, uh, <laughs> terrible oh, break for Israel. Pool D, we've got Puerto Rico, Venezuela, Dominican Republic, Israel, and the qualifier team number four. Tough. That's that's it. That's all that's in that one. <laughs> yeah, I mean it's pretty pretty light, pretty it's light on bloodbath down there. <laughs> Unreal Holy smokes. So we've got the first round, which is pool play, and then we go to the second round, which it looks like. So all the all the locations I'm seeing here, we've got Taiwan, Taiwan, Japan. Um, that's Tokyo. Uh, we've got Miami. Phoenix, Phoenix, baby. yeah, Phoenix is on there. I'm and, going. And I'm 100 yeah. going. You have to go. I I cannot wait for that type of environment. And truthfully, I'm looking more at like the Mexico, Colombia. Like they're allowed the whole time. These Latin countries, like when they play, it's constant noise. It's constant. I can't it's wait a different for that. Mean, it's a different meaning. When they bust yeah. out those uh, the vuvu, the vuvuzuelas, whatever. Yeah. Yeah, I'm all about it, dude. I'm it, it, all yeah. about it. It's it's a it's a it's a party. Like it real. It's a it's a coming together. And, and obviously, yeah. guys lo- guys love playing for their nations. It yep. just brings it out of them. But in those cultures, especially, they bring such an energy. Yes. to to the to the uh, stadiums. It, it's and you, uh, it's electric. You hear the you hear the cliche of like it's a kids game thrown around all the time. Like we th- we mm-hmm. throw it around a bunch, but like. In the in the the small sample size that we've been able to watch the World Baseball Classic, and I mean even like the Olympics too, like the the, yeah. the very small sample size we have of that, to me like that's what it really means when when people mm-hmm. say it's a kids game because yeah. like you like you're saying you just look at the energy, you look at the culture, you look at the the enjoyment and the fun that these got like these players. I mean, the you could say the same the thing fans. in Asia. Honestly, you say that. It's I mean, the same Korea, thing. Japan, same like, thing. It's, I feel like we're the most vanilla when it comes to like the environment and the atmosphere during a baseball game those cultures have fun well i will say playoff baseball comes around here true that's a different that is there's nothing like it different breed in 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 the u.s and but people around the world love baseball they and, and each of them which is awesome has their own way of expressing it I think yeah. that's the coolest thing is that when this World Baseball Classic goes, and if you don't go in Phoenix, Nate, I will go for you. Let's go. Let's go. <laughs> oh, all we'll three of us. go together. Like, Mars. I'm in. But, but I mean, like, that experience, like, you, you want to like, talk about with growing the game and getting a whole different world. Like, yeah, right now, if you wanted to go to any MLB game, you'll have a great time. Be yeah. awesome. You want to have something that's completely going to be something that you will talk about. Yeah. For for years to come, you got to go to the World Baseball Classic. Yeah. You got to see I'm, it. I'm kind of intrigued by this uh this possibility. I I mean, oh, I, Kyle's in. March is perfect. Right. March is literally the March greatest time to be here. Oh, it is amazing. It's 80 degrees, 75 80 every day and it's just perfect. Oof. I'm kind of intrigued. I'm not gonna lie. Perfect. I'm more uh, than intrigued. I'm. I'm let's this, get it. Uh, he's already. He's already are, planning are, the trip. He's are, already got the. Already got the tickets are, bought. Are, yeah. Are they on? They're on, Are they on sale? Are they on there? Uh, well, we can uh, buy your fly, you can buy your plane tickets now if you want. I'm well, sure you, I mean, we are on the topic of uh, tickets, so 
There you go. There Let be. the people know. It might be an opportunity to, deal. Uh, to to snag your, your tickets using SeatGeek. Nate and Ryan, SeatGeek is the answer to all your ticket needs. Are you looking for tickets? Do you have plans of friends or family to make it to an upcoming game or concert? Or are you even looking months ahead to nail down a date to get tickets before they sell out? With SeatGeek, you can find tickets to games, concert shows, and even theater performances, and maybe even the World Baseball Classic. Who knows? With just a few easy clicks. Or make it even better for you if you're a first-time user of SeatGeek. Next time you add some tickets to your cart, use our promo code THE, the number three, the number zero, take pod. That's our social handle at checkout to save $20 instantly off your first purchase as a first-time user. That's all you got to do to save some of that. Code Hardcast. And it's promo code THE, the number three, the number zero, take pod. That's our social handle at checkout. Seat Geek. Yeah, so I'm gonna I'm gonna keep an eye on that because that uh, that, that might could be, be a fun little trip. That might, might as well be a good. just circle it now. Just yeah. Yeah. star it, circle it, highlight it, whatever you need to do to make sure it's constantly gonna Let's be on. Let's go. Your I've yet to be out to Phoenix to visit. And we Nate. can we can golf. We can so make a we can make might... a week of it. All right, I'm I'm excited now. Um, <laughs> I think uh, speaking of excitement, I think Robinson Cano is probably excited that his his career was handed another lifeline. He was added by the Braves, and I actually just saw today that in a corresponding move, they selected him to the Major League roster. So what are our thoughts on on this move? And pair it pair, pair your thoughts with the move uh, surrounding Drew Waters that just broke today. Well, oh, I will say, dog. yeah, I will say from last year and, and being in AAA, the Braves, this was kind of what they did last year, that they were having insurance policies for uh, that were ready in the minor leagues. So they had they had Jason Kipnis. I think the other one, the catcher was Jonathan Lucroy, I believe, was the, was the other mm. one. And I feel like I remember and, hearing that, yeah. Yeah, and so they had, and there were some other players down there, obviously, but with their prospects, but the Braves are in the win-now mode, right? And picking up Robinson Cano, it was, they had nothing to lose with the deal. I know he's had his struggles, but if he catches lightning in a bottle... Why Ozzy Albies is still coming back from an injury? Would you take the risk on a guy that's that's done it before? I mean, I I personally think that it was good, but I don't know how you guys feel. Would you guys have given up, you know, Waters in the process? Here's the thing for for me for Cano, I. Just don't see the evidence as to why teams are still offering opportunities, you know. And and I kind of I think we mentioned this off air. Like I look at some of these other veterans that you stash and hope for the best kind of thing. Um, I.e., right now Matt Carpenter, right? Matt Carpenter was a you know they Aaron Boone talked about it on the broadcast last night. The Yankees been watching him for months, right? Who's been watching Robinson Cano for months and been like? that guy's going to add value to us right now. Well, let me ask you this. You, you, I feel like you mentioned yesterday, the day before that you, you saw his numbers. I thought I was, late. I thought it was one home run that I saw. He's hitting, he's hitting under a hundred in the minor league okay. system and triple A with the Padres so far. So well, to answer your question, I, I certainly haven't been watching him for months. So I, I'm, like, I'm kind of out of the loop that's on how he's saying. been doing. Like who's looking at him? And and you can agree that every team right now is using metrics to evaluate those guys and saying what what's the hard hit percentage, the barrel rate, like all that kind of stuff, right? 
what are you seeing from Robinson Cano that makes you feel like he can provide value? I don't understand. So wait, he he's thirty nine. So he was hitting under a hundred with San Diego, but in terms of his what he was doing at AAA, is that was he also? Under that's what 100? I'm looking at. No, that's what I'm looking at. Hitting 091 in twelve games. No, but that's thirty four plate appearances. No, 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 but that's with the Padres though. Correct. When he was up with the Padres. No, I'm looking at minor league system right now. Minor league. Oh, El Paso. My bad. I was looking at the wrong one. El Paso. All right, twenty one games. 333. All right. Well, this makes me feel a little better. Three home runs, 20 jacks. That makes me feel a little better. Changes the perspective a little bit. All right. I was looking at the wrong one. That was the major league one versus baseball reference is tough with the minor league page, by the way. That's a lot to read. It it is a lot. I will. So, but it comes down to it. I mean, if I don't know if I would have made the move because I, I, but I guess like we talked about earlier with the Orioles about like you're shipping guys off that you might not see a value to your organization or in the plans mm. moving forward, right? Every team does it. So, but with Robinson Cano, and I mean, just like now, I mean, with, with Carpenter, if you see that and you know that they're capable of it, mm-hmm. what what's the problem with uh, holding them, hold, having him come in? Like what, I guess, what is the, what is the harm? Maybe well, taking I, I see zero flexibility defensively. That's a DH only kind of situation. Well, I just I I read that they're just looking for a, a bat off the bench. Like I don't even think they have any real plans of trying to insert him into any. And that's what I'm saying. Real... At what point in Robinson's Cano career, like his career, can you say he's been good when he takes a week in between at bats? You know what I mean? Like I, oh, oh, I'm with you. You know, I, I I do guys do better when they play more consistently. There's no doubt yeah. about that. But you gotta you gotta think maybe change the scenery. You're with the Braves. They're rolling. Things are going well. A little bit maybe of edge. Got, a little bit of slight yeah, against the Mets. Yeah. Something. Maybe he's got something left. You know, maybe maybe yeah. this will be it. I mean, you know, Pulos went to the Dodgers after getting released, and he had moments last year. You know, so it's now different. I put them in way different categories as far as everything yeah. Pulos has done for 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 years and years. But yeah. Same concept, right? Like it's yeah, it's it's possible. Well, and then that, and look, and then, if, if anybody this, if anybody can make sneaky moves, it's it's clearly AA with the Braves. Like he he right. he knows what he's doing, and I don't know. You mentioned Nate the metrics that these got that these organizations are right are certainly using. Who knows? You maybe they've got an added layer that that nobody knows about that where they're able to look at yeah what he's bringing to the table right now and say we can use that. Because right. otherwise, I just don't. I don't know if the Braves are necessarily the type of organization that's going to be like, yeah, let's roll the dice. Let's see what we got. Yeah. To me, that to me, they seem like a team that's going to be more confident in the moves that they make and not make as many of those. Uh, let's just roll the dice on a guy because they, yeah. like Ryan, you were saying, they're in win now mode. They don't have the they don't have the opportunity to really play around. I mean, they're credit to them. They've closed the gap. They're they're now a game and a half back of the Mets, which nobody seems to really want to talk about because apparently everybody's still high on the Mets and here we are looking uh July 11th at a game and a half uh gap between the two. But Braves are I, sizzling. I'm telling you the the Braves it's it's one of those situations where it's go or get off the pot kind of deal because they got to they've closed this gap, but now you got to take the next step of reasserting yourself as the top in this division. Well, and yeah, and, and I think with moves. overall, as far as the narrative goes for AA and just the, the Braves country in general, 
I think that you have to put a little, you got to push chips in the middle of the table again this year by saying we didn't do last year only because of Freddie Freeman, right? We're, we're going to do it again. We're going to do it without our, without our captain, without our cornerstone, without our franchise guy. We're going to do it again because this is what this team is capable of, right? As far as the Drew Waters move goes, you got to give credit to Michael Harris. Like Michael Harris has just fought his way into this lineup and said, I'm here to stay. And I mean, overall in 150 ABs, he's hitting 300. He's got an OPS plus of 131. Um, And he's on, you know, for a full 162, that's a 28 home run, 95 RBI kind of guy. That is an all-star. And that is a really big piece in your lineup. And Drew Waters, I think you sold high on him. I, I like the move. Now, it depends on what they have in vision with this draft pick. Um, and it's, I'm curious to see, you know, who ends up falling there. But why not, right? Michael Harris is, is the dude. He seems like the guy. He, he most certainly does. And, and the Braves, they are... Um, um, when was the last team that repeated? I'm trying to think off the top of my head for, the Yankees, for a World I Series. I think it was the Yankees, right? Yeah, 99-2000. Yeah, so it's extremely challenging, but how the Braves are, it's it's interesting. They feel, I was thinking about it while we were just the segment, the Braves are in the win-now mode, but they also feel like they are a team that can sustain for years. And if and if Harris is, is that piece, that just adds that yeah. window even more, going, wow, um, Add another piece to our, uh, yeah. to our the ones that we already have. Not to mention, he's also got seven swipes and hasn't been caught stealing yet. And I think that's a big attribute that you looked at Drew Waters and saying, "Oh, he provides that speed, maybe a defensive specialist kind of thing." I don't know if the bats there or not. I haven't really been tracking him, but Michael Harris is doing all of that and then some. And it's like, well, why hang on to Drew Waters? This is the exact opposite as what I've seen with Brian Cashman doing with the Yankees, right? Holding on to prospects for too long until they lose all their value and you didn't get anything out of them. AA is a genius. I said it last year. I'll say it again this year. He is one of the best GMs in the, in the game, baseball period in general. And he knows what he's doing. The resume from last deadline alone that he, that he garnered that he garnered with those moves like yeah. that for me that's all i need to see to exactly. know that he he's one of the more brilliant minds in baseball and if and if he gets that type of production out of robinson cano this year i'll be the first one to apologize for my comments if that i think if there's a team that can do it it's the braves yeah um for the sake of time let's uh let's close it there um uh, i had one item for closing the book uh and i i think it's no coincidence that uh ryan happens to be on Stars align, podcast. Ryan. Star, you don't know about this, dude. Look at his face. He's not why, sure. Yeah, yeah, I'm not so sure what's going Whit on here. So, Merrifield, news just broke literally minutes before we hopped on. Whit Merrifield's consecutive game streak is coming to a close today. I think he has a he has a big toe issue. Uh, it's just it's keeping him from being able to. I think he said swing effectively. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know if he's if he's pulling himself, it's it's probably pretty it's serious. serious. Yeah. So that streak ends at five fifty three. So close. And since <laughs> since uh, Cal Ripken's streak, which, Ryan, you may know that guy, 
since his streak ended in '98, a couple times. Yeah, you met. Pro- you met time or two. See him at Thanksgiving yeah. around in, 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 yeah, passing. <laughs> you know. um, since his streak ended in '98, only Miguel Tejada, who played 1,152 games, has played in more conse- consecutive games than Witt's 553. A little asterisk next to that one too, for for old Miggy Tejada. Uh, well, asterisk. Well, yeah, he got busted with a lot of stuff. That could be oh, for a whole different. Oh, I see, I see what you're saying. Yeah. I, I thought yeah. you meant like they they tried to yeah. like. No, no, he just no. he just got yeah he served a lot of suspensions I think right okay. two or three yeah. so yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, a little well, bit of an asterisk. Well, for Wit, uh, you know, shout out to him. Really, I, I love seeing him compete. He goes out there, you know, works hard, wants to be out there, and and it's sad to see things things come to an end, mm-hmm. and. You know, I don't always like to give my dad credit, but I will say to him, you know, uh, and just because I like to mess with him, but it goes to prove it's extremely hard to go out there and play every single day. Yeah. And I know people say it's just baseball, you know, oh, you know, you're, you're not running up and down. It's a different breed of a sport, but you're still playing 162 games. Do that. Do anything that every day, anything. And then if and if you're lucky for the season, what you get three or four off days a month that are just yeah. scheduled in. You're playing every day. Not to mention your body. I mean, all the play. traveling, the hotel beds, the the plane rides, like that stuff. It's how do you feel after you travel? I just went on vacation a couple weeks ago, and it took me two days to recover. <laughs> I mean, when you're driving through on a bus nine hours and getting in it when the sun's coming up, and you're sleeping sideways with your legs in the air on the floor, it doesn't feel the best on your back. And that was, yeah. that's for a lot of guys uh, when you're moving your way up. Obviously in the majors, you're traveling a little bit more luxuriously, but baseball is hard. Being in there, being out there every day is hard, but shout out to Witt for everything he's done. And and now you know it, he'll start a new streak when he's uh, when he's back to being healthy. Is Let's it close this. Stop. Don't don't put that out in the universe. Whitney's Whit, needs to stay at the Royals. Don't put <laughs> that out there. Don't put that out there. He's not a right uh, fielder. That guy's the second let, baseman. Let's uh, let's end with a a little trivia question here. Do you guys know now who owns the longest consecutive game streak and at what number? I just read it. Now I forgot. You said you said what? What was Wit at? Five fifty three. I'll give you a hint. This individual was in the headlines this off season. Hmm. Bad headlines? Good headlines. Good headlines? Yeah, I would say. For a team, we actually just talked about this episode. Can you give, me, give me the division. NL East. Freeman? No, NL East. Uh, oh, sorry. I'm sorry. I was thinking yeah, yeah, yeah <laughs> previous, previous, yeah. Well, still, th- still thinking he's there. Could have been there. Well. Uh, that's uh, that's kind of another hint there. I don't know if that's going to ring any bells for you, but Matt Olson, Matt Olson, two hundred and twenty-one consecutive games. Got a ways to go. He's next in line. He's right there. He is right there, boys. This was fun. Episode two ninety-four is in the books. Unless you guys got anything else for the people, the chasers, I say we uh, we call it here. Sounds good to me. Uh, (laughs) I just appreciate it. I I can't tell you. I I think I kept it a little bit more tame. And um, 
but this was awesome. I, I could talk ball with you guys for hours, and uh, I'm sure we will do more of that in the future. Yeah, so Ryan doesn't want to say it, but before we hopped on, he was giving me heat. He he was getting worked up about Matt Weeders, and <laughs> yeah, the, the, let's the, just yeah. say I hope we see that we I hope we see that Ryan in the future. That was, <laughs> yeah. it will come out, but I will not accept Matt Weeders' slander at any point in time, ever. If you want to hear more, <laughs> please send me a message. I'll be glad to defend him. Night and I'm day, all, I'm all for it. Let's go. I love it. Nate, you got anything? Yeah. No, this was fun. Ryan, thank you so much, man. It was a it was a blast having you on. And uh yeah, we'll see. We'll see. Maybe we got a little something going here. Maybe we got a little, little something, something. But one hundred percent need to come out here for Phoenix at the very least for, for WBC. That's gonna be for sure. That's a little golf trip. See you all there. Yeah. Already bo- already booked the flight. Let's go. Let's go. I love it. Uh folks, let's have a good week, huh? Um stay after it, pay attention, and Show some respect to these guys that are in the dog days. This is a tough part of the year. But uh, tonight, if you're going to hear this on time, Scherzer versus Freed. Not a whole lot of games on tonight. I think we get after that a little bit. That's going to be a good matchup. So, And then you know we talked about Mets-Braves being close in this division. So this is a big series. So pay attention to that if you're a fan of baseball. Um, other than that, just do me a favor and go chasing any curveballs. We love you all, and as always, looking forward to talking more baseball with you guys soon. Until next time, stay filthy.